Welcome to the Interwilderness Podcast. We hope everyone is uh, having a good summer holiday still, and uh, the farmers are in full force out in the the fields uh, in the UK right now. I've seen them all over Scotland harvesting furiously. So uh, uh, if you are one of those farmers, hello, and I hope we can keep you company for a few hours while you're harvesting. I heard that it's uh, been tough because there's been so much rain, Daryl. Um... There has been quite a bit of rain. Uh, I, I, I guess where we are for once in Scotland, there hasn't. But uh, I, there has been a lot of rain for the rest of the country. Yeah, there hasn't been any rain here at all. In fact, no, it hasn't rained in the last two months since I've been in Africa. <laughs> it, it's definitely rained in the last um, 24 hours here. So uh, <laughs> only, a, only a short spell though, but nothing, nothing abnormal out of the ordinary uh, here. In Namibia, they would love to have some rain. They are I can, I really, can imagine. really so desperate. I mean, their rainy season's coming up, and I just can't even imagine what's going to happen if they don't get any rain this year. It's, uh, but they need a like, bad serious amount of rain, though, because like a light sprinkling just won't do anything. It'll just evaporate. Well, interestingly, um, I was talking about that, and what they don't want is a shitload of rain for it to just like come and go what's far better for them is like four or five days of light rain Uh, Mm. because there's not in many places there's not really a problem with water as in like the the dams still have water in them so those will fill up it's just that the ground needs like persistent moisture so that the grass grows so if you just get all like all the rain in one day and then it doesn't rain for two months again even though it's a large volume it's not a lot of use it fills the dams but it doesn't really help the ground that much yeah the plants need time to soak up over a number of days yeah exactly yeah Hmm. but i am so i am in south africa now um done gone from namibia drc back to south africa and I'm just killing a couple of days, catching up on some work and paperwork and emails and articles and podcasting uh, before doing the last leg of the trip um, to do some photography and filming and actually have a lot of meetings and hopefully record a handful of podcasts as well. So that's the next couple of weeks um, before going back to sunny Scotland. And when this show goes out, I will in fact be in Norway. Mm. Uh, I, I'm there for a week. So it's going to be uh, good fun going to see uh, our good friend Lisa, who's been on the the show before her uh, her wedding. So that's what I'm there for pleasure pleasure this time. Uh, so in this podcast, you're going to be heading uh, hearing from Brad Christian from Sitka, and this is a podcast we recorded way back in March, and I think it is the second last podcast we have from the states from that trip. So we we think we've done a pretty good job of spreading them out throughout the year. Well, we're in August now, uh, so yes. you're probably going to hear another one in uh, you know in the next I don't know six weeks or so, and then that'll be the last one from our first chunk of recording in the United States, and indeed our first trip. 
This is a great conversation with Brad. We recorded it at the Sitka headquarters. Uh, he gave us a wee tour around there as well. Uh, we talk about a bit about his background, how he got into it, the companies he was involved in before, including a company that he set up himself, uh, himself which was a clothing company, actually, like a kid's clothing company. Uh, his time at Matthews Archery and now at Sitka. And uh, yeah, a little bit about well, what the the future is for the company and one of the most in- interesting things uh, which is right sort of at the end of the podcast is this conversation about these bursary schemes uh, that are going to be that are being given out by uh, Sitka now when we had this conversation with them they literally just launched it but that was a good few months of, uh, months ago now so all of the information is 100% up on their website so when you hear him t- when we're asking him questions and he doesn't fully know what the answer was. Like, will they support, uh, you know, international applications? All of that is now on the website. Yeah, so it's probably it's probably a good time to actually put this out because all the answers are now there. Yeah, yeah, and I think that they've they have granted uh, some money to you know various projects already. So you'll, I'm sure you're going to start seeing the ed- evidence of that and the, and the benefits of that support coming back yeah well i'm excited to listen re-listen to it again because like we said the completely forgot we even did this show yeah it kind of slipped by it went under the radar and it was only when i was looking through in my two edit folder i was like hey brad how did we forget you uh but anyway we haven't forgotten we just you just kind of we're on the back burner but now everybody's going to hear the show we had uh, lots of uh, positive emails and messages from the last show, uh, which with Alex, all, yeah. yeah, with Alex, all really great to see. And uh, I've actually been starting to put the odd thing on Twitter now, which I never thought I would. But uh, yeah, I've I've been trying to just up the game a little bit on Twitter because there seems to be a lot of people that just want bite-sized information on there and uh, it seems to be working quite well actually we're getting um, you know quite a few people commenting and messaging us on Twitter yeah that's good yeah well since we've kind of been Facebook I suppose Uh, yeah exactly and uh, Facebook is just it's uh, it's not just us saying this there's so many people out there just saying how impossible it is to use for uh for business uh, or, or getting information or correct information out there yeah i've been i've been kind of um curating my twitter feed while i've been away on this trip for information and i've been posting a few bits of information and articles and stuff that i found interesting so yeah it's um we'll see See if I keep going on that for the rest of the year. Uh, but we have a winner, Daryl, from the competition uh, yes. two weeks ago. And the competition was to win a copy of Volume 3 Modern Huntsman. Now, for those of you who don't know, and you should, uh, Modern Huntsman are a supporter of the podcast. They are the supporter of the podcast, along with our patrons. Uh, and part of that uh, relationship that we have with them is uh, we're, we're involved in the publication. Um, Daryl's just finished putting pen to paper for an article for the next volume, Volume 4, uh, which is really quite exciting. That we're kind of hard to believe we're talking about Volume 4 already when Volume 3 has not that long been out. Um, I am the international editor in Volume 3, and we had two articles in there uh, with images in our articles and outside them. And uh, you know we've got to know the, the team there, and I had a conversation with Tyler just... Um, probably three or four days ago and we were actually talking about volume five so things are moving on and we really appreciate their support and part of that is that we get to give away a copy of the latest edition in every single show yeah that's 
pretty pretty spectacular, really. And yeah, it, is. it is a fantastic publication. Uh, volume three, it uh, I've spent a lot of time looking at that publication and volume two as well over the last uh, few weeks. And there's just so much gold in there. That's the only way. It's just golden information. Mm. Uh, We've that, actually had um, quite a few emails about uh, volume three in the last 10 days or so. Uh, people complimenting it. So if you d- haven't got your hands on a copy, the first thing is you're going to want to enter this competition because you might win one. Uh, but failing that, go out and buy one. You can do it on our website, uh, thepacebrothers.com, or you can go straight to the Modern Huntsman website, just Google Modern Huntsman, and get yourself a volume three because it is, if you are a listener of this podcast, quite simply, that is essential reading. And if you uh, want to get your hands on volume two, uh, we have some. I'm actually currently looking at them right now, and we have less than one box left. So I actually oh, really? don't have many in a huh. box. Uh, quantity uh, 13, 13 in a box. Yeah. 13 in a box. So we have less than 13 copies left of Volume 2 left in the UK. Okay, so get ordering Volume 2 as well. But we got sidetracked <laughs> because we were... There, there is, yeah. I was going to say, and... I don't know. We'll we'll have to put them up at some point. There is two. I found two copies of Volume One in the office, but I'm not going to put them up on the website yet. I, we have been inundated with emails asking for Volume One, but we're I'm sure Byron has spoken to Tyler about a plan to bring Volume One back so people can complete their collection. Yeah, I'm sure that there there will be a plan. There will, there will be a plan yet to be revealed. Uh, but we so, got winner. sidetracked talking, yeah, talking about how good Volume 3 is. Uh, so we gave a an animal sound for the third show running and the animal sound from two weeks ago, which I think pretty much everyone who entered got right, maybe one or two wrong answers. There was, was one or two wrong answers. Yes. So if, if you don't know what a black grouse sounds like, then uh, you l- listen to the last show and you can uh, you can hear it. And we had so many entries, and unlike last time where I just picked the first correct answer because uh, it was actually a long time between people actually guessing it correct, about 20 correct answers all came in at the same time when we put it up on Instagram. So all I've done is I've just saved all the correct answers, be it on email and so on, and I've just put them into my phone and I've picked someone at random. And the winning person is Sarah uh, from Instagram. It's Sarah Hemerson, 92 on Instagram. And uh, congratulations. Yeah, get uh, get in contact with us and we will get a copy sent out to you. Brilliant. So we need to do another competition. We do. And I'm just, I'm so impressed with uh, the love that our listeners are showing the guests, the animal sounds, that we're just going to do that again. I think we're just going to do it again. So yeah. we're going to play you an animal sound right now, exactly the same as last time. Just contact us somehow, email through Instagram when, when we put it up or Twitter or whatever. Uh, tell us what the, the sound of the animal is and we will pick a winner at random in two weeks' time. So here is the sound. Are you going to decide what the sound is that we inserted into that that bit, Byron? I guess I am, because I'm going to try and do this oh, okay. uh, bit of editing today. Okay, so uh, I'll I'll guess the sound as well then. <laughs> okay, when it, when it comes, you, you out. don't get to win a co- you don't win to win, get to oh, win a copy okay. of volume Damn three. It. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, no, a very important other thing that we need to mention before we get into the show is a big shout out to our supporters on Patreon and our top tier supporters. 
get a shout out along with a, a bunch of goodies, which I think pretty much everybody should have now. Uh, if you don't know about this other amazing way to help support the podcast, then just go over to um, the Pace Brothers on Patreon and you will see uh, various different tiers for helping to support the show. But Daryl has the list of our top tier supporters uh, for a shout out uh, in our intro. So the the guys at uh, South Airshare Stalking, I actually sent all of their items to them uh, yesterday. Now I've got all their sizes, so that will be with them imminently. Uh, so South Airshare Stalking, thank you very much. Uh, so we also have Tom McGraith, John Henry Pete, Chris Griffith, uh, Ronnie Speakman from rdcontracting.co.uk, Richard McNeil, Richard Stevens, Richard Barker, and James Marchington. So thank you to all you awesome people for supporting us uh and i think with that we're probably ready to jump into our chat with brad in bozeman i i I was gonna add there is actually uh a very good uh i I imagine it'll come out as a podcast but right now it's just on the field sports channel uh tv youtube uh of charlie at the the bird fair down south doing a debate with uh chris packham mark avery and I'm not sure of the woman's name, but she does the Raptor. I think there's another member from the RSPB online. Uh, Rap, Rap, she, she, yeah, she runs it, doesn't she? Yes, correct. Uh, it's about 26 minutes long, and uh, it's. I, I have to take my hats off to the hats hat off to the the Field Sports Channel uh, team uh, for putting that together. It was pretty. Uh, it was pretty brave of Charlie to go up there with the three of them on stage with. 600 people in the audience that definitely will not have liked Charlie at all uh, and uh, clapping at everything the other three said. Uh, in fact, Charlie had to ask them to stop clapping at every time they made a statement. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I will. But I did get a message from somebody today um, highlighting that, but I knew that you'd already watched it, Daryl, and said that it was uh, you know really good and Charlie did a great job. And in that message, it basically said, you guys should highlight the great work that they have done, which is exactly what Daryl's just done. Uh, and that, uh, you know, Charlie, with regard to what's been happening in terms of grouse shooting in the last couple of weeks uh, and the the attacks left, right and center um, against that kind of form of upland management, that uh, him and his team there are probably doing more than all of other organizations put together. And I can't say that I disagree with that. <laughs> without, without a shadow of a doubt, uh, I think... Uh, a few weeks ago at the the game fair, uh, Chris Packham was due to come to basically speak in the same the same environment. The roles would have been reversed. Charlie was um, in the auditorium there, and he was uninvited uh, by uh, a few or, well by uh, organizations and the I game thought, fair. They say due I think to it was mainly it was mainly the game but, fair. I don't think I don't think it had anything to do with the organizations. I think it was just. They they were worried about security at the show, from my understanding. Yeah, yeah, that's it's an interesting one, uh, and I don't believe that to be true. Uh, I, I, it was an opportunity missed there. I think. Yeah, it definitely was an opportunity. But yeah, Charlie did a great job. Awesome for standing up and being counted and making it happen because the only way change is possible is to have conversations. And he seems to be the only person that has managed to actually make a conversation, like a proper conversation, happen. So. Well done, Charlie. I'm going to give you a call when I get home and speak to you myself and say congrats. 
Yeah, and if you if you don't know what we're talking about, the the guys at Field Sports, they've got a YouTube channel. They've been around for, in fact, they just had their 10-year ten ten year anniversary. Uh, they've been around for a long time in the industry, and uh, they have a weekly show on there. They also have a podcast uh, that they they don't they don't put a huge amount on it um, as of yet, but I imagine this will be on it at some point. Actually, as a little. Um uh, a little ditty, a bit of information that uh, some people won't know is Charlie was actually my first editor of Sporting oh, Rifle go. 13 years ago. <laughs> wow. So, should we uh, dive straight into the show, Barn? Yeah, I think, uh, I think everyone's heard enough from us. So, enjoy our awesome conversation with Brad Christian. Brad, welcome to the Into the Wilderness podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. It's awesome to be here in Montana. Yeah, it's a fantastic place. I'm glad you guys are here. We were saying just before uh, we started recording that it's like the mecca of all the cool people in hunting. <laughs> it's <laughs> Bozeman. It's, it's kind the place of the, to be. Yeah, it's kind of the sportsman's paradise. And I think everybody that's kind of has that like-minded you know, spirit has found their way here. So it's fun. When you're surrounded by the mountains, like every street almost, it seems that we drive on in Bozeman, you can see the mountains in the distance. Yeah, it's awesome. What's the thing when you like, like walk like a, uh, like it was a religious thing where they used to walk to like Rome or something. It's like that. Pilgrim. Like walking to this, this one location, everyone coming Everyone here. just ends up here. Yeah. The more people who are here, the more people <laughs> yeah. who come. Exactly. Eventually, you'll be like advertising that it's not a good place to live because you don't want any more people <laughs> exactly. here. Exactly. I know. I can't. Uh, I can't say I don't like it because I'm a transport. So we uh, everybody wants to be the last person through the gate, you know. But uh, yeah, we we welcome everyone. So it's uh, we're just kind of coming to the end of show season. How's that been? It's always manic. Yeah, it is. We we just had uh, you know ATA and then shot and sheep show and then Western hunting is going on what today I believe in the next couple of days. So yeah, it's been crazy. I've been trying to stay home the last uh, last couple shows. Just hit ATA and shot hard and been enjoying the weather, doing some skiing and it's been nice. So not as hard on me. Yeah, I'm not a skier, but apparently the snow that we've had the last couple of days has been top notch for skiing. Yeah, it's been awesome. Better than trade shows. <laughs> <laughs> we were with uh, a friend of yours, Brett. Yeah, a couple Brett's of days saying, ago. Yeah, absolutely. What a cool guy. Yeah, such a cool guy. He's he's a got a great heart, total adventure, wild man, knows his stuff. Yeah, he's a good guy. And his fishing history was just it's, blew me out of the water. It's legit, right? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, like, that's a man get, that knows his fish. Yeah, yeah it's but crazy. he's very understated about it. Like you got to really kind of get it out of him. Yeah. It's like the more I, questions I ask, it's like bloody hell, you really have done it all. Yeah, yeah. You'll you'll like reference some country and stuff. But he's oh yeah, the stream down by the thing with the two trees or something. And you're like what? Yeah. <laughs> you know you because yeah, you were talking about that place in North uh, Australia where you'd been. Remember yeah, about yeah we've right? both been to the same place and oh, yeah. in the arse end of nowhere in <laughs> yeah. Australia, and he'd been there as yeah. well. Yeah, he'd be like, yeah, that little gas station <laughs> on the corner, and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. That, uh, the film that you did with yeah. him, that was yeah. Proving nice. ground. Proving ground. Yeah, I appreciate how it. Did that, how did that come about? What was the the catalyst for making making that film? Because I, we watched it just the other day. I'd seen it before, but we watched it again before we were meeting with Brett. And it's, uh, it's certainly it's the way cool, it's come out. It's a cool film. A, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind cool of a, the slick flow of it is yeah. quite different to other stuff that's out there. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, so it, it 
so I've been uh, shooting for Matthews for a long time and, and part of their product development process is, you know, they're, you know, as Matt McPherson, the founder of Matthews, who's really under the radar, you'll never see photos of him with a deer or an elk or, you know, he doesn't, you know, come out a lot. He's just real understated dude. And so, you know, as he works on a prototype, he'll often, you know, send it to, you know, a couple of people and just ask for feedback. And it's a really cool process because it's not something that's shown in the archery world very often. You don't ever see raw bows. And, you know, years ago, I used to be the brand manager for Matthews Archery. And so, you know, when I came to Matthews, I started seeing kind of behind the curtain and the process. I was like, oh, whoa, that's what a raw bow looks like. Oh, that's how this works, you know? And so as we started talking about it, we're like, man, we should just be authentically kind of showing that process. And, you know, we were talking, I was like, what if, what if when that bow arrives, we just film it, you know? And they're like, yeah, let's, let's just do it and just see what happens. And so, yeah, we just kept talking about it and started filming it, just kind of shooting selfies. And, and the other, the other part of it was in, you know, the last, you know, five, 10 years, everything's gotten really cinematic in, in the hunting space, you know, and sometimes I think, you know, technology is cool, but it's kind of started to trump story. You know, people are, it's more about like slow motion shots than having a good story. Sometimes story's key. Yeah. Story's key. And like, I really believe you can make a great film on an iPhone. You know, I kind of, I almost did it with this last film. But uh, yeah, just kind of wanted to swing the other way a bit and, and just kind of be super raw. And film. so we filmed like crazy, like the amount of footage we have is like, it was kind of ridiculous yeah. <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, when it was, we came time to edit it, it was fun to like see all those moments and build something that was super quick and fast. And you must you know, have had a good editor though. Yeah. It was a young kid. Slick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, we shot it with the edit in mind. So like all those transitions and yeah. everything, you kind of got to go into it, you know, when, when with, filming. With an idea. Yeah, exactly. So we went into it with all the transitions mapped, like, you know, a kind of a, a flow of how the season, you know, would go in terms of where we'd be hunting the course of all the bows that would be arriving and then uh yeah kind of shot it that way is, is that why the bows were white because they were like the yeah. raw product i yes. love the fact you had to go spray paint <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah the first bow you know the first bow is always just like raw aluminum so if you see in, in the film it goes really fast the first bow is just like straight up raw aluminum feels kind of weird you know everything's real temporary and then, yeah, the second one, they just, it showed up with just like a, the base coat that's under all the camo normally. It just had a base coat on it. And so we we're like, oh, whatever. And we started using it. And it was like, man, I don't know if this is going to help us. Cause sometimes with antelope, you know, you can, they see something white from a long ways away. And you're inquisitive. You, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's really interesting. And so we kind of even tried that, like showing it to them. And sometimes it worked a little bit. And sometimes they were like, ah. <laughs> and so, yeah. So Brett was coming up over this rise. I don't know. I think it, there might be a clip of it. And this buck spots him and he just gets busted and he's like, screw this, I'm done, you know? And so, yeah, we just went and spray painted him and it was fun. We had a good time making it. The end of it was awesome. I said that to Brett when you phoned up the guys. Oh, yeah. Said, the, bo- the bows are shit. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> we, had him, we had him going, man. I, I, I was texting him beforehand. And I was like, man, they're like, what's going on? I said, well, it's a mess. We've come out of the mountains. Brett's getting groceries. Like, I'm on the side of the road trying to figure out what's going on. And they were like, oh, my God. And they're like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I, I need to FaceTime you to show you the cam. And I was just making up stuff, you know, and they, I had them going so good. And so when we FaceTimed them, they're like, well, what's the, what's the problem? You know, they were, they were pretty worried. So it was fun. Yeah. How much um, time of development goes into something like that? No, oh, man, it's, it's. Cause we've seen you, but well, I mean, as I was saying to you earlier, we don't have bow hunting in, in the UK, yeah. but I'm, I keep 
tabs on what's happening in the states and it seems like every season there's a new bow out but yeah. it's a lot of work i would imagine yeah i always feel you know i can't imagine the pressure that matt and his engineering team have on them you know because it's interesting like with guns they don't say hey you know i'm going to make you know a new you know reinvent the you know the 30-06 every year <laughs> because it is what it is it, it, yeah it's yeah. like it's new powder you know, maybe yeah sure but yeah. like every year i mean it's like it's a lot and the bow and arrow what's what's so fascinating to me is that it's like one of the most original tools of like mankind i mean if you rewind i mean i mean i'm sure that first there was like hucking rocks at stuff you know and then maybe Sticks. throwing a stick and then sharpening it and eventually you're like what if we shot the stick I you mean, know genghis khan basically took over the world with the bow yeah and so it's like this is something that's been evaluated by you know humans since like you know, the beginning almost, you know, and, and here we are with like on the timeline. So you have like whoever first put a stick and a string together. Yeah. And then you have like the 2019 like prototype shows up and you're like, I'm like on the far right of the timeline. <laughs> you know, you feel kind of like this. You're, cool, you're on the edge of the cliff. Yeah. Basically. You feel yeah. like this cool sense of like, like you're for a moment, not because I did anything, but as a recipient of that gift that is you know these engineers and people working to to innovate so yeah it's pretty cool you know innovation stay in archery it's not like they're leaps and bounds you know generally it's like you know you're kind of fixing you know a few percentage points at a time uh, you know matthew's switch weight technology this year you know you can now change your draw weight without having to switch your limbs which is kind of a trip wow yeah it was kind of by, a, by how much uh, you can change them, uh, 10. So let's see, I can, you can change them, uh, five pounds in either direction. So 10, 10 pounds. So like to be able to, before elk season, put on a five pound additional mod on my bow and shoot 75 pounds, which normally you'd have to get new limbs from the factory and reside in, you know, you still have to side in, but it was pretty cool to be able to have that extra energy, you know, on elk. So pretty cool. <clears throat> Good innovation. Yeah. yeah. So how did you, what was your journey to Matthews because oh, yeah. I don't really know I don't really know much about your your background yeah to that point. sure I'm guessing you were one of the people who grew up hunting and fishing. Yeah, yeah yeah grew up hunting and fishing just loving it and uh from you know the time I was born my grandpa just I, I think the best word for it was like he just pursued me you know he was every year it was like under the tree was like a long box and you're like, you know, it's, like <laughs> it's like I wonder what that is you know every time he'd see me we go shoot and and so he that pursuit was just like totally relentless and you, know, you get good at shooting when you, you know, you're, if you're like basically born doing it, it's like throwing a, you know, somebody said, Hey, throw a baseball. Like I could go throw a baseball cause I've thrown one a long time, you know, not cause I play baseball a lot, but I've just been doing it a long time, you know? And so, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what happened. And then once you get into college, you know, you kind of, at least I did, and I hear it a lot, you know, you kind of start to find your own way and, you know, you're kind of thinking about what's next in life. And then, you know, we had some friends and we went out shooting. I'm like, oh yeah, heck yeah. Shooting. Like I know how to do that, you know, cause it was like familiar. And then you go out and you're good at it, which is fun. Cause you, you're like, oh yeah, like it's second nature. And you're like, I'm why I'm going to keep doing this. And so I kind of picked it back up. Not that I ever left it, but you know, your focus changes a bit. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I got super into it. And then, uh, you know, later in life, I, I just, you know, kind of, it wasn't like one day, but it was somewhat sudden through, you know, different life events where I was like, you know, life's really short. I had somebody close to me pass away and I was like, man, I'm what I feel like this passion, you know, that I feel for hunting. And when I'm out watching a sunrise by myself in like an epic location, I feel like I'm just going to explode and I want to just shout, you know, cause it's so pretty. I'm like, I'm like too passionate to not do what I love 
full time, you know, because I'm going to die one day. And it was just like, I need to do this and figure it out. And so, yeah, I just uh, kind of went for it. I, you know, everything from my, I wrote a letter to Sitka. I wrote a letter to where Matt we're sitting McPherson. now. Yeah. yeah. I wrote a letter to Matt McPherson, the founder of Matthews. And then eventually wound up uh, starting, uh, we were pregnant with our first child and wanted to buy him clothes that kind of represented our lifestyle, but still had style. And I couldn't find anything. So I was like, I'll just make them, you know? And so I started, I started like making some like rad, like little teas and stuff like that. And then <laughs> I had friends who were like, that's sick. I want one. I'm like, okay. And before I knew it, I'm like, well, I'm just going to make more. And I'm like, well, maybe we'll sell them. And then before I knew it, it turned into a company and all the hunting influencers, you know, that I work with today, you know, the ones that had kids that were in that range, like started becoming fans of the brand. And like, so I what got was into the, the brand? It was called Button Buck. It's, okay. I sold the company. And uh, anyway, it was super funny. Like I, I never had any intention of like owning a kid's clothing company. So but, in the start, you were sewing things together. Uh, so I started out like, I started out just like I bought, I found some like really rad blanks and yeah. it just like did the, all the graphics and stuff on them. That's how it began. And then it turned, morphed into like actually making the stuff, like developing factory relationships and turning into, turning into something. So like the founder of Sitka, like he, his kids started wearing it, you know, Jeff Simpson, his kids started wearing it, you know, and like everybody's, like everybody's kids. That's like, seriously, like everybody I work with today, not everybody, but like the, like a lot of the influencers today that you know I work with on a daily basis, those relationships started way back then when their kids is were it still around. around? Uh, you know it is, but what I don't ex know exactly what happened after we sold it. They they wanted to move all the uh, factory stuff overseas. Uh, okay. The garment they had something that it is technically it's still around, but I don't know exactly what's going on with it. But yeah, it's it was a super fun life stage thing to be honest. You know, and I, I am very passionate about youth and and you know hunting and. And, uh, you know, I have two daughters who shoot and have been shooting since they were, you know, practically born. And How old are they now? Um, seven and nine. Yeah. And they... Uh, and they're... Oh, they're... They know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. They're, they're they not messing They shoot bows around. as well? Oh, yeah. I'll show you some pictures here in a minute. Yeah, they, they, shoot, they shoot bows. I mean, you can see them on my Instagram account too, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's a kick. And so I, I, I try to stay pretty focused on um, on youth stuff. Uh, National Archery in the Schools program, you know, is, a, is an awesome youth program that exists and try to spend a lot of time doing that, you know, and just, you know, anything I can do to get youth involved just yeah. so that this great heritage continues. This is here, just a shot on Instagram when like she was four, but look, check out, check out her little form. Look at that. <laughs> wow. She knows where her anchor point is. <laughs> yeah, <and> that, <laughs> That's when she was four, you know, she's dead serious. That's it's, all crazy. It's pretty cute. So yeah, it's fun, man. It's fun. But yeah, so from there, um, wound up, uh, I kind of started to build a relationship with Matthews, people there, their kids were wearing the stuff. And then they, uh, they called me back one day and they said, you know, what you've done with button buck is really amazing. And imagine you basically have no marketing budget. And I was like, yeah, pretty much, <laughs> you know, it was just seeding product. And they, uh, they said, uh, you know, what, what could you do with a budget? And uh, anyway, they eventually moved my my family and I out there. And uh, so, where's Matthews based? Uh, Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin. So I grew up in Colorado, and so that was total, you know, change for me. My wife's from California, so it was like, all right, Wisconsin, you know. So it was awesome to be in whitetail country and do that, and had just an awesome journey there. You know, they were at a pivotal point, you know, in the company, and and it was really fun to kind of help, you know, develop a new, you know, kind of direction for storytelling there, and. 
you know, they've continued on an awesome path and we've got great relationships there and then got a call from Sitka. And, uh, so how long were you with Matthews? You know, a little over three years. Yeah. And then got a call from, from Sitka and, and we, you know, had a relationship with Sitka already, just, you know, a great friendship and working relationship. And, you know, it's the only other place I probably wanted to go, you know, and so came here to, to help, you know, craft and be part of this team here and where we're going. So it's been a fun ride, man. Wow. It's been a really fun ride. And you get to live in Montana now. And I get to live in Montana. <laughs> you know, Bozeman. Massey's awesome. is one of only two brands of bow that I can could name. So they must yeah. have done a bloody good job. Yeah. With a, with a, well, you must have, and the team that's there now yeah. must have continued to do a good job of the marketing. Yeah. Given that we don't even have bows, but yeah. I, I could name them. Yeah. The Matthews is the, is the, you know, big one and Hoyt, you know, Matthews and Hoyt kind of compete kind of yeah, like Ford and Chevy thing. do, yeah. you know, they, they compete really well together. You know, they're, you they almost need, they need each like other. Oh yeah. They compete honestly is what's nice. You know, neither of them are doing any weird, you know what I mean? They <laughs> yeah. just, they both kind of have their lane and their different, um, their different kind of directions, if you will, that are both cool and, and they compete really well together. So that we've always, you know, when I was at Matthews, we used to always say, you know, we appreciate them as competitors. It was like a good, good kind of competition. Healthy competition. You know? Yeah. So good people over there. So what's your role here at Sitka then? I'm the brand director for Sitka. So my role is, is, you know, I kind of think about, you know, champion and championing experiences, you know, how the, how the customer interacts with us, you know, everything tells a story, right? You know, if, if you're walking down an alley and you see some guy that looks kind of sketchy walking towards you, it's like, he's telling, there's a story. You're like, I wonder if that person's gonna, you know, kill me. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you're, and you're wondering that because it's dark because it's, you know, what he's wearing maybe because of it. Right. And so, you know, we think about story and like, you know, what, it, what is the experience? What is our brand? And, and how, how is, how do people encounter us? So when we answer the phone, you know, like, what are our people like? right? When we show up at shows, what's that like? And then the obvious things are film and, uh, and photography. I mean, yeah. that's the most obvious method of storytelling, but, you know, we really, we really think, you know, to be authentic, it's, it's, it's kind of a holistic viewpoint of story, but yeah, spend the majority of our time developing great, uh, great content and storytelling, you know? I mean, Sitka has been the sort of kings of content in the hunting space over the last I don't even know how long, 10 years? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's, it, they put out some really cool stuff. The video being, making film as we do. You, you watch know, everything. We can <laughs> totally. appreciate yeah. that probably more more than many people because we know what goes into it. And there's been just some incredibly cinematic productions, but also great stories. Yeah. And pictures. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, like, I mean, there's one behind you on the board, top right. Yeah, one. I mean, that's a cool picture. It's totally cool. That's 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 a little sneak peek there. That's the our second catalog that's coming in. What I think March or something that we were working on today. But yeah, Sitka really started um, started kind of the authentic, you know, authentic content in the space you know historically it's just it's been photo shoots you know yeah. a guy goes out and takes a new product and, and goes, very often it wasn't authentic it was right. probably a model yeah, yeah fake hunting you know they go yeah. out and they go in the rain and look at the camera <laughs> and like you know i'm bow hunting Put or something on their face. <laughs> yeah exactly you know it's just kind of this you know photo shoot mentality and you know jonathan hart you know the founder of sitka um just really innovative dude you know he he was responsible for kind of going you know what we 
we want to, you know, we want to do this authentically and, and just capture real stories as they happen, put a photographer out with a hunter and just really document the stuff. And so it was really crazy. I mean, the, the outdoor space had been doing, you know, and backpacking, you know, that, you know, the yeah, OR yeah, yeah. space, it's a thing, you know, it's not, you know, like they, in, you know, vented it, but for hunting, it, it hadn't been done. And so those kind of images, you know, when it's real and if, if you're a hunter and you see those images, they speak to you emotionally because you've been there. You know, if it's a photo shoot and you're looking at a guy, you know, doing something fake, it, it doesn't you can feel, yeah, yeah, it doesn't, exactly. There's no feeling, you're, it's almost a, it's a negative feeling because you're going, ha ah, that, you know, that's obviously fake. And, <laughs> Pristine you know, clothes. And yeah. And that's, you know, so, you know, to do it this way, it's, it's just authentic, you know, and you, you have that emotional connection to it. So, you know, when Sitka called, it was like, it, you know, it's the only place I say, kind of say, you know, I wanted to go because um, they're just, kind of the kings of it you know and other brands have have um i don't want to say adopted it but you know matthews i mean it's certainly you know, the carried way, it's carried yeah. the industry the first film that i can remember watching it might it, you can correct me uh, it might very well be the one of the first of what, the kind of films that we're talking about was searching for west sure sure I mean, that yeah. must be 10 years ago isn't it yeah it's probably about it 10 be close years to ago that, yeah yeah, yeah. And that was I mean, even today it holds up to all the yeah. films still today absolutely great film um did super well um you know there was other stuff like it you know uh, i don't say like it because it wasn't really like it but shot cinematically shot authentically or whatever but that was kind of the first um you know long a little bit longer form you know really story driven very high production value i mean still to this day it's like i mean there's stuff pulled off in that film you know helio collective um you know produced that film and those guys are, you know, they they don't come from the hunting space. You know, they film for like, you know, vans, skateboards, and like all that kind of stuff. So they kind of came into our space, and it was like sweet. That must be interesting <laughs> yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah. So Chris Murphy, um, really rad dude in town. He used to be a professional skateboarder, and yeah, he, uh, you know, got a hold of that thing, and it was pretty cool. I mean. You, you know so yeah it's been a, it's been a really fun ride you know our, our focus you know as you can tell I mean just even from looking up at that it's just to continue to to be authentic tell real stories you know this um, Tajikistan image I love this you know behind us with this kid you know and you're just kind of wondering what the story is there you yeah. know yeah I'm intrigued yeah it's, it, yeah. it's That's a, not out yet no it's no, only when no. you actually spend a bit of time as in more than six hours you one or two days where you actually capture the really cool images because it's, it's the you need the days. time in between yeah. where just stuff just happens exactly be it's an animal moments, walks out yeah. in front of you or I don't know just yeah. unexpected things often absolutely. take the best images absolutely I often you know tell our photographers and people kind of when you know giving direction you know as a whole for the year or whatever but it's you know the moment the camera turns off is often when you should turn it on you know because yeah. you see okay all right we got it people take the cameras off and then it's like all right and the emotion comes out and people are hugging because something happened and you're like uh, turn it back on you know because it's your your mind but if you just constantly film and just you know kind of step back and be a fly on the wall and don't get involved and just let things play you know the real life stuff happens and that's the beauty. And even that image of, you know, Dustin Rowe, he's such a rad dude. And, you know, just juggling, you know, being, you know, being, <laughs> being goofy. Yeah, just being, yeah. you know, so much of our time as hunters is spent laughing, you know, and being that camaraderie, right, among, you know, kind of brothers, if you will. And, yeah, fun stuff. And But behind all of that, you have some of the most technologically advanced clothing in yeah. the world. Yeah, 
Absolutely. That must be a continual, a bit like the bow story that we were talking about earlier. That must be a continual drive and push. Where does that happen? Is the R&D here? Is it in the building that we're in now? Yeah. So it's it's a combination of places. One, um, in the basement of this building, it's it's all key you know, key fobbed off. There's, oh, really? Yeah, it's the bat cave. Um, so down there, there's a whole product development area uh, in the basement. That's the whole footprint of this building. Um, so they've got some wicked cool stuff that, you know, is being planned out to, I mean, there's one development in there going on right now that's set for 2022. Oh, so it's a long Whoa. way ahead. Yeah. So they're thinking that far ahead. Yeah. 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 It's a 2020, it's slated for 2022. That's the planning, you know, for it. So, um, yeah, they're constantly innovating. And uh, the relationship we have with Gore is incredible. You know, Gore, uh, you know, is in Gore-Tex. I mean, does just the most, I mean, it's kind of mind-blowing what, what they're capable of. Uh, a lot of people don't know, but, the you know, the EPTFE, which is what Gore-Tex is made from, I mean, that stuff, you know, has existed in the iPhone. It's gone to space, you know, in, in cables. It's used in, you know, electrical cables. It's it's some really high-tech stuff. And so the development process there and the ability we have to test these ideas, because one thing to go, okay, I think this jacket's better or warmer, or it's going to, you know, do this, but it's another thing to apply science and prove that out. And so, you know, the climate chamber that we're able to test in there, you know, we can go to, I don't know. What well, is their negative. place. Yeah. Well, to, where are they based? Um, they are based in Delaware. Okay. Yeah. So if you, on our, you know, we did a, when we launched the women's film, we, we did some shooting in there and that it's like this huge, looks like a spaceship, but it's, it gets to like minus, I don't know, freezing up to hotter than heck. And we've got treadmills in there. We can create, storms rain i mean everything hooked up to you know heart monitors and it's it's really trippy you know what what can be accomplished there they have these mannequins that are like six figures you know they call it like wires coming out of their eyes that like can you know Different show sweat and, and oh yeah it's it's really cool and and that's the fascinating stuff because again it's one thing to go i think this but to prove it out in a lab you know that's that's really cool i so, didn't yeah. realize how scientifically technical it was yeah it's super that's that's really our our foundation is science you know it's like our 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 camo you know pattern our concealment you know it's it's the first i I might be the only but um concealment pattern that you know instead of just kind of trying to you know mimic something like dressing up you know like a tree if you will it was like well let's instead you know look at what we're you know we're trying to to be concealed from ungulates so hooved animals so let's you know get a bunch of scientists together study what you know how these animals view the world what is their how does their eyesight work and then let's develop a pattern that's designed to to kind of trick that vision. And so that's where, you know, that kind of digital looking micro pat, you know, came from is based on that. It's very classically yeah. sick and now everybody knows Yeah, it. exactly. Now it's like, you know, you see it and, you know, it's it's kind of been duplicated, you know, not duplicated, but, you know, other brands have kind of, You've you taken know, it on a bit. Yeah, taken it on. But that's all founded in like some really remarkable science, which is pretty cool. We just try to go, hey, let's, let's see what science says and then go from there. What about the field testing? Because... Science is very important underneath it, but ultimately it has to work in the field. 100%. So we've got, again, we've got products that aren't going to release for years. They're already, I mean, you know, Stephen Drake is leaving on uh, this, what, today's Friday, is leaving this weekend sometime for for BC. And, you know, he was just in here yesterday picking up some prototypes that won't be out for years. Really? And he's going to 
put them through the ringer and come back with, you know, notes all over them going, this sucked, you know, this was great. This, you know, and yeah. it's just that authentic. I was hoping to catch him while he was know. in town, but we didn't manage to. Yeah. He's to been come. running he's hard. Busy. He's, yeah, he's, he's been, yeah, dashing, but yeah. So it's just that, yeah. Field testing is everything, man. Cause you, you just don't know. Sometimes you go out with something for like a day and you're like, oh, that's cool. But it's not till, you know, what I like to say is like, you do life with it. You know, once you do life with something, you kind of start to go, oh, like you think about your phone. You've been doing life with your iPhone. You know, if you have an iPhone, I do for a long time. It's like, well, I don't like this about the phone. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. over time, you're just like, that sucks. <laughs> you know, yeah, but yeah, you don't really know that. Why haven't yeah. they checked it out? It's often yeah. like, why, why have they done this? Yeah. But you don't know that until like you have, you know what I mean? You kind of, it yeah. takes a while. If you have it for a week, it's like, oh, it's my favorite, <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's amazing how many. Sorry, sometimes I, I was just going to say, and you need that period of time because in a week you could have the same weather. In Scotland, less likely. You probably have five seasons in the day, but you need that extended period of time for one wear and tear. Secondly, the weather. You need different temperatures, rain, snow, whatever. You just need that time. Because yeah. me and Byron have t- tested some things in the past. It's the most frustrating thing in the world when you put something on. And you're not wearing it for very long at all, and you're like, "Has any? Has did they just thought did they about just this? design this and make it and not test it? Because a lot of stuff I've used, you know, whether it be garments or whatever, it doesn't matter. Any bit of equipment, not even not even just in the hunting space and like the film space as well. I'm sure that very little of that has been tested because, or whoever tested it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's 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 kind of scary, actually, how much, you know, and this goes into all areas, you know, whatever the product is, not just hunting stuff, but how often companies will just make something and go, this is awesome, and just put, put it, it out. out. And they, you know, they test on their customers. That's terrible. It's crazy. There's a lot of brands that just test on their customers. And uh, yeah, we, we really, you know, we can't, you know, nobody's perfect to, you know, with certainly, you know, stuff gets by happens but we really try and we're trying more than ever just to to really do that again that's why you know drake's leaving with stuff the stuff he's testing is for 21 you know so and we'll have a ton of guy and it's not just him you know we got to have a lot of guys in it doing different types of hunts you know and and you know to kind of to your point it's it's those experiences the weather and then just weird circumstances like oh we didn't realize until we were flying on a smaller plane that this kind of bag has on this type of plane oh shoot you're right you know what i mean we were just flying on this kind of plane with the bag and so we didn't realize that it would create this problem or something you know yeah. so yeah. yeah just circumstances you need real world yeah real world testing a lot of sampling <laughs> and yeah. and different locations around the world yeah yeah where's your where is the I'm guessing the main focus for Sitka has been North America, but you're branching out into the rest of the world. I see it in more and more places. Yeah, yeah. We uh, it's it's awesome to see um, kind of the adoption of the brand. You know, obviously it was started you know in the U.S., but it's always really cool to see you know people from around the world pick it up and go, "Hey, I'm using it over here." And you're like, "Oh, rad!" And learning about that culture. You know, for me, uh, you know, I met you guys for the first time what at Iwa. Yeah, yeah well, it was two yeah. years ago. I think. Yeah. yeah, and. It was awesome for me to go over there because I really didn't know what to expect. I've traveled in Europe and stuff, but not in the context of, of hunting, I don't believe. Um, and so just to kind of learn about, you know, the culture there and to meet, I think the coolest thing was meeting the people, honestly. You know, Sitka brand is is a bit unique just in, in our, you know, we're not like, um, we're kind of reverent, you know, with our, our, our team's pretty... Just um, like our, our hunters, our athletes, they, you know, they're pretty um, low key, not like, you know, fist pumping, you know, you know what I mean? Kind of, you know, they're pretty 
chill people, respectful and all that. And so I was like, man, I wonder what it's going to be like when we meet the team over there. Like, I wonder, is that going to translate, right? You know, certain cultures, certain people, like, what are they going to be like? And, and I was so stoked to like meet, I spent awesome time with a whole bunch of different people, you know, met you guys and, um, having dinner with people and just, just to see that, that, you know, that kind of feeling we have as hunters and that reverence and that respect for nature and, you know, the awe we have for it and all that just being, you know, kind of, uh, global, that feeling of just, yeah, hey, we're, we do the same thing as you do. It's different how it takes shape and how it takes form. It looks like this, but it's like at heart, it's like the same thing. It's the same community. Yeah, yeah it's like the same, you know, the same kind of uh, um, just, has, you know, I don't even know what the word is, but it's it's just like, it seems ancient, you know, it's like in you, you know, to be a hunter is like kind of something that's in you, you know? Yeah, and there's, it's very easy to find the common ground then. Yeah, exactly. It is that, deep-seated connection i always feel like some of the best relationships i have with people probably actually most of the best relationships i have with people are people i've hunted with yeah because and but normally hunted with over not just like out for a morning or out for a duck flight right really hunted with for over a number of days because you really get to see who the the person is totally and they get to see who you are too exactly (laughs) yeah you struggle together you know you you go through ups and downs and you know, yeah, you, you get close quick, you know. Tell us a little bit about your athlete program. I don't, maybe you don't call it that, but, you you know, you have ambassadors who, you know, some of the, I mean, they're some of the big names in the hunting industry and they do incredible trips and hunts all the time, all around the world. You know, there are a lot of the people that you know, your average hunter are looking up to. And they yeah. produce great content as well, yeah, which is key do. for you guys. Yeah, yeah. We we love telling stories, you know. It's it's uh we have just the coolest team, you know, it's it's been awesome to watch Sitka. You know, they, they kind of and I, I, I say they, um you know, I've been here, you know, I don't know, two and a half years, but I still feel like sometimes, you know, because I didn't create this, you know. Um, you know, we, we get to carry the torch of of this awesome brand that was created. But um different than many other brands which you know kind of you know in, in really any industry you know pepsi you know writes checks to people to you know do commercials and drink their stuff and all that you know Sitka's kind of taken more of the approach of hey we're going to take that money and just build the raddest stuff like the most technical stuff we can possibly make because as hunters like that's what we want you know we're like we don't care how much it costs. like we just want to build the craziest nicest coolest thing that's going to help us and like, let's use the money to do that. And then the people who really want that and like, you know, that's what they care most about are going to want to use it. And so it's been really interesting to see, you know, um, kind of a lack of uh, celebrity, if you will, um, being connected to Sitka. It's just kind of, a, it's, there's no model that's right or wrong, but it's, it's, I think it's helped uncover some really unique and, and fascinating people, um, such as, you know, Adam Voss. Um, Dustin Rowe, you know, pictured, you know, juggling, uh, you know, those canisters. These are guys who, you know, I really look up to, you know, as a hunter. I mean, their their experience is just, you know, Dustin Rowe in particular. I mean, it's hard to find a guy that that knows more about hunting, that's more hardcore, that's spent more time in the field, that's had to problem solve more than than Dustin, you know. And so, yeah, it's it's we really like to tell stories about those guys. You know, they're not big names, but. They're, they're, maybe they like, weren't at the beginning, but they are. Bec- yeah, through <laughs> no, their so, stories, yeah, they're they becoming. Are, I mean, yes, they're, they're they all are. names that I think people are becoming. Uh, 
they're coming to the point where if you name those people, they're like, yeah, I've, I've definitely heard that somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And that's the power of like uh, social media and the world, you know, it used to be if you rewind whatever, 15 years ago, it's like whoever has a TV show or what, like, it's like this, you have to be on this huge platform to be seen and then nobody else, it's like you have everybody, you know, up here and then everybody nobody. else is non-existent yeah. and social media in the world we live in now, it's really cool because, you know, everybody can have a platform. And so you got touche, you know, guys like Dustin, you know, Cole Kramer. Yeah, yeah, you that's know, another one, yeah. Such a rad dude. These guys now, because, you know, people are telling their stories, you know, they're, uh, not that they want the limelight, but, you know, yeah, they're, it, they it are becoming... just yeah. because it is an honest reflection of what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. So they're kind of becoming household names among, I think, among like this, you know, people that are, are looking for those stories. I think it's like this, there's this whole, you know, connected web of people that love these stories, you know, and, and like the heart and emotion in them and the honesty. Yeah. Yeah. So we love telling, you know, that's... You know, we're going to be doing a lot more of it this year. It's really cool. We're going to be spending even more time with those kind of guys and, and gals. You know, Rachel Attila is another one. She's just, like, ridiculously cool, you know, sheep guide. I mean, she's amazing. Um, so, yeah, we've got some really cool stuff planned with her. And, again, just honest stuff, we're just going to capture her lifestyle because she's really doing it. You know, we're not – we don't have to send her somewhere or, you know, make it's something not mocked up. up. No, we're just going to go and – show you what her life's like you know um this wasn't going to be my next point but i nearly forgot about it when you were talking about the development aspect you're now doing block colors just single shades yeah well, how did that how did that come about was yeah. that is, was that for the european market or was that something that was coming out the no no what uh so it's a yeah good call so sitka you know was developed you know, out of a problem, you know, Jonathan Hart and Jason Harrison, you know, together they were, you know, sitting on the side of a mountain trying to wait out a storm, freezing in the rain, miserable, wearing, you know, cotton, you know, junky clothes and going, this sucks. You know, we should not be freezing right now. Uh, if we were backpacking and wearing, you know, products that came from, you know, those kinds of brands, we'd have great technical layers, but hunting yeah. hasn't gone there. And so, our focus was like, let's solve that problem, right? And we've been doing that now for, you know, whatever, over 10 years. And as we grow, you know, it's it's like, okay, well, this is really awesome. But hey, as a whitetail hunter, I've got to go out and, and, you know, work the back 40. And I'm spending, you know, months out of the year being a hunter. Like I'm not, I don't have a tag in my pocket and it's not season date, but everything I'm doing is all part of the hunt. And I'm wearing products that are made for things different than what I'm doing that, you know, hanging tree stands, like, you know, who, you know, who makes up clothes for hanging tree stands. I mean, so, you know, we're wearing other brands and kind of putting the best workwear type stuff together, but it's like, man, what if, what if we take the same, you know, ideas about problem solving and put it to use in those applications. And so that's what we're looking at. We're talking to our athletes about, Hey, what are the next closest adjacency, you know, things, you know, as part of your, you know, your harvester hunter lifestyle that you want to see us solve and attack. Like if Sitka made a running short, what would that look like? If Sitka, you know what I mean? And so it's been really fun. So you're delving into all aspects. Yeah. All aspects of like our hunting lifestyle. Like that's what we, we talk internally as we're developing stuff. You know, it's like as hunters, we're not defined by like our season dates. We don't stop becoming a hunter, you know, when the season ends, I'm still Just because you're off the mountain. I'm still shooting. I'm still, you know, planning food plots, I'm training. And so, yeah, our hope is to like, we want to provide value and, and, 
improve the life of hunters 365 days a year. And so we're, we're really excited about that. Sitka have also taken a, a really positive stance on our responsibility of, as hunters and the kind of message that we portray to the, the outside world. And we've seen a lot of that through the film, but I know that, that that is something that as a company you're continuing to push harder and harder on. Uh, it would be great to hear a bit of sort of expansion on that. It's something that I've talked a little bit about to Charles Post, who's also involved with you guys. Um, but it would be interesting to hear how that sort of has come about. Sure. Yeah. Sitka has a, a long history of you know, investing in, you know, a lot of money. You know, we don't publish the numbers or anything like that, but in, of you know, conservation. And, uh, you know, we're focusing more on that than ever. And really what we think about and the way we talk about it internally is we, we talk about this concept of like ecosystem thinking. You know, sometimes as hunters, it's, it's easy to think about, um, you know, the elk on the mountain. Like, you know, we want more elk, you know, because we love elk. But really, you know, a, a healthy bull elk, right, is, is representative of a much larger story, right? It takes a healthy ecosystem to ensure that that elk exists and it, it kind of all matters. And so we, it can get, you know, when we sit down and, you know, sit down with Jonathan Hart and Charles and it can get pretty deep, pretty fast when we start, it's like, whoa, you know, when we start thinking about it, but it's like, you know, as, as humans, you know, what we believe is that, that we are a, an important part of the ecosystem. Like we're not separate from it. Right. So, you know, we, we threw, for you know one reason or another you know some of it just practicality you know we've we've built walls around our lives as humans right you know it was a smart idea a long time ago to build a log cabin right because it was like hey we're going to die out here this winter if we don't build <laughs> yeah. a log cabin so it was like that's a smart idea you know and then eventually you have new york city right over time and and so there's a lot of practical reasons to kind of you know build a build a house you know come out of the wild a little bit so that keep, you're not keep the outside. Out. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a, but I think we've gone way to the extreme of that, you know, where we come in like, Oh, I want to build a house here, mow down every single tree, chop the top of the hill off. So it's flat, put your house down, plant some new baby trees, like in a couple of places and be like, there I am. And so when we think, when we think about it, like what we're talking about internally here is, is like we're, we're, we belong as part of this ecosystem and whether you believe that or not, like every, every decision we make as humans has an upstream and downstream effect, right? Whether I recycle, whether I don't, whether I drive a car, whether I don't, am I a responsible consumer or am I buying tons of crap? It all has an effect on the ecosystem. And so how can we use our business to more positively affect that? And so you, you ask yourself that question. It's like, oh my gosh, like we need to rethink. Like, well, where do you start? Totally. And that's what we're in the, it's super exciting. And like, we're ha we just had this um, a summit meeting kind of up in big sky um, with just a, a few of us having like several days of this kind of conversation going and, and it's not to say, Hey, sick is perfect. Look at us. You know, we're no, it's going, how do we become better every day? So it's like, man, can we, you know, we had a conversation about like our packaging. Should we, develop different packaging that's, you know, basically what, what part of our business is screwing the planet up the most? And like, let's start there and start kind of attacking things one by one. And so we started, you know, as one of the first initiatives, we started Sitka Ecosystem Grants. So if you go to our website, you know, or just sitkagear.com slash grants, we're going to be investing every year a, a lot of money um, into individuals and nonprofits 
and help empowering their ideas and those grassroots efforts in their local ecosystems. So it's not just writing, you know, a few checks to really big organizations, but, you know, we believe that, uh, you know, we want to get individuals across the country doing this. So, so we're, you so know, as an individual, apply. they just come to you with yeah. an idea and if it's a good one and it, you know, it all works out, you give them money to achieve what they want to achieve. Exactly. Right now, anybody can go apply. That's incredible. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, we're, we're, we're fired up about it just because we're excited to see who else is passionate and what kind of stories and, you know, what, what we can do together, right? So that, because uh, a lot of times I think conservation is like this kind of uh, just like, what, it, what it, the heck is, you know, what does that mean? What is that? How do I get involved? Like, how does somebody, you know, whatever, 100 miles, you know, away from here that's not in the hunting industry that doesn't know, you know, how, how do they make a difference aside from maybe just writing a check? And so, yeah, we have a, we have a grant uh, application there. And then we have a committee of people here that review the applications and then, you know, we'll write checks. I mean, kind of the, you know, anything from, you know, a thousand dollars to 25 grand to, to, I mean, we've writ, wrote one recently. It was a lot more than that. But wow. uh, yeah, it's ex it's going to be really exciting. We just kicked it off. So is it exclusive to the U.S. or would you give a grant outside the the U.S.? You know, I don't know the answer to that question. To be honest, I, I believe, I, yeah, I believe the site, and it's it's funny you ask that because the, I believe the site right now says U.S. only because yeah. that's because that's like generally. Uh, how it goes, but it's funny you ask because I got an email a couple of days ago from somebody internally saying that I, I believe that might not be the case, and we're thinking about changing it on the website. So I, it's funny you ask because it just came up. Well, if we, if we find out before this podcast goes out, we'll let people know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but that that is. I mean, what a tremendous initiative. Yeah, um, it's going to be fun to have that pool of, because very often when there are pools of money available from companies to do good work. It's not accessible to the individual who has no, an awesome idea not. that can say, I want to do this. And very often, it's the individual in a particular place that knows that place best. Exactly. And that's what we're like, we're really excited about that component. You, know? you must be one of very few companies doing this. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't know. I don't know any others. Yeah. I don't know any, any others, you know. And, and again, you know, our intent is just like, we're, we're, we're probably more excited about this than anything else that we're doing right now. Um, we haven't, you know, broadcasted it, you know, big. I don't. We haven't even announced it on social media. We just kind of flipped it live. We had in in our in our trade show booth. We had a on one of the walls. We kind of had a, a graphic kind of about it. Just, you know, Jonathan Hart was like, "Let's just see if we put it in there if anybody notices." <laughs> you know? Did they? And so, yeah, oh yeah, we had definitely had a lot of people come up and ask about it. But uh, we'll definitely start spreading the word. Um, but this is kind of. We haven't publicly, you know, really put it out yet, to my knowledge. Yeah, well, that's going to be intriguing. I can't wait to see what comes on the back of it because I imagine you're going to kind of you'll, you'll obviously keep tabs on the projects and oh yeah, let everybody know. Look, we oh, did, yeah. we gave this money, and these awesome people made this happen. So, well, that's what that's what I'm as a storyteller. You know, I'm I'm this money to me kind of is a is a bit of a a, a magnet, if you will. It kind of attracts. The people who are like you have to care to go apply for a grant, right? Yeah, you don't apply for a grant. Time. Yeah, you yeah. don't apply for a grant by accident, you know. And so I'm imagining that there's some really passionate people out there who care and are like, "Yes, I want to make a difference. I want to go after that money so I can do something cool." And I'm really excited to tell those stories of of what people are doing because you know there's a lot of bad news, you know, there's a lot or just not interest. You know, it's like the kind of the same old story. 
but um, there's some really interesting stuff. We've got a couple already. I won't I won't share just yet, but like a couple of really really fascinating ones, remarkable stories that we've just kind of uncovered through this that we you know, we wouldn't have known if it wasn't for it. So it's pretty fun. I think it will probably give other companies a kick in the bum. Yeah, we hope it does. I mean, we what we hope is is that you know other companies will join us in this. You know, we're already talking. You know, we had a couple of retail partners go. This is awesome. Like, can we contribute and like do a grant with you? And we're like, heck yeah. You know, if if another if a competitor or whatever came up and said, hey, can we learn about this grant program? We'd be like, yeah, heck yeah, fly out here and like we'll show you exactly how we set it up. Like it's not to us. It's, it's not. All for the it's not good. exactly like we don't look at it as like a, a competitive thing. You know, we we genuinely, if if every other hunting company started doing it, that would be a win. Can you imagine? That would be that would be made. the best. Like that's the best case scenario. Honestly, is that that would happen? So yeah, we've we've uh, we've talked to people. I mean, even even some you know people. I got a call recently from you know a. a I wouldn't say the name of him, but a celebrity that's not in the hunting space who, you know, dabbles in it a very little bit was just like, Hey, this is really cool. Can I, I help and give some money to somebody? And we're like, absolutely. You know, cool. That's fun. You know? So yeah, what can we do? Uh, just, and it's not, again, it's not Sitka saying, Hey, we're awesome. He's going, no, we're, we're not, <laughs> we, we got a pile of stuff to fix, but how do we just, how, how do we be intentional and try? You know, how are we every day going, let's try to be better. But it also lets that the average person approach you. Yeah. Yeah. Like have a door in to say, hey, like, can I have a chance at something? Absolutely. Absolutely. Which doesn't happen very often. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. But that's the best. Honestly, that's the best case scenario is that because like you said, you know, they, you know, individuals out there who live in that ecosystem that understand the problems because they're seeing it day in and day out. Those are the people that can really, you know, change something. Mm. Yeah. And what about you and yourself in terms yeah. of hunting? Have you got anything? I mean, I know you're you're a busy guy. Whenever I'm following you, you're bouncing all over the place. You're involved with loads of stuff. I, I hope that you have time to do a bit of hunting for yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I hunt a lot, you know, and I've had a awesome, uh, I awesome, you know, lifetime of hunting. So I, I. I hit it hard when I was young, so I don't ever feel bad for myself. You know, I, I can't. You don't I mean, feel hard done by. I, but I, I mean, it's it's like I mean, I hunt, I hunt a time you just see like in that film, you know, yeah. in Proving Ground film, just you know, just and that was just one season, and not even the whole season. There was a lot of hunts that weren't captured in there. So yeah, I'm I'm excited uh, about you know about this uh, upcoming season. I'm I think my first thing for this year, I'll be heading back to Hawaii to to bow hunt uh, Axis deer over there. Uh, Oh, okay. Which is one of the most fun. Is that one of those groups? Did you do that last year with the whole group no, of guys? No, I didn't. I, I've been I've been over there before and hunted. I wasn't yeah. part. You know, it's fun. In recent years, like the Hawaii things, kind of gotten a bit more popular. Like, yeah. you know, I, I know the group you're talking about. There's been a couple of them, but no, um, I just got some buddies over there. I went over years ago with uh, Shane Dorian. You know, he's a pro surfer and he's uh, loves bow hunting and have a relationship with him through Matthews, you know, and we, we bow hunted together and, and a couple other buddies over there and had just a blast. And, and yeah, so I'm going to go back over, um, and bow hunt again there. And it's bow hunting there. It's really cool. It's, it's very prehistoric feeling like you're, you're walking through this like super tall grass. That's like over your head. You're like spreading and like, you know what I mean? Well, they filmed Jurassic and, uh, Park there. Uh, I don't know. Probably. I think they did. I'm I pretty sure surprised. they did. So that's, that's what it looks yeah. like. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's like you just feel like a caveman. 
you know, and the waves are crashing. It's just not like normally, you know, you're must be strange hunting elk. right on the beach. Oh yeah. I mean, I was walking like literally like on a cliff and waves are smashing it like a hundred feet below me. And you're like, this is awesome. You know, I remember I was at full draw on this axis deer. I'll never forget it. Pouring like, like a nice rain, not like an obnoxious rain, but like just a nice steady rain. And there was this huge, um, huge rainbow in the background and I'm just like, this is amazing. You know what I mean? It's just like the <laughs> ultimate, you know? It's it's just a cool place. So I'm, I haven't been for over there for several years to hunt. And so, yeah, I start I start kind of the season, I think, there in June and then kind of go into everything else. Do you uh, Are you one of the people that put in for all the tags here in yeah, Montana? Yeah, we just put in for Arizona deadline was just uh, – was just the other day so uh just this week so put in there and yeah my wife and i both build points in every every state for you know not every but i mean i don't know probably 10 or so different states for multiple different species it's kind of a it's like a giant excel spreadsheet of all this (laughs) trying to keep track of what you oh my gosh oh it's i've heard guys talking about this before and it just it's such a world away from what we have at home and it seems it's a trip incredible how much detail people go into to try and get their points to draw tags yeah i mean otherwise i mean to hunt you know a tag you want to draw on public land you know, otherwise you're paying, you know, you'd have to go pay somebody a pile of money to go, you know, get one of these tags sooner. But, you know, you draw the tag through, you know, the proper way and, you know, you're hunting like an amazing, amazing, amazing place just, you know, for the cost of the tag. So it's pretty sweet. Uh, good, good way to, to, to do it. Yeah. It's a great way. way to be able to afford to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It takes time and, you know, it's not, you know, points that cost money to apply and, they hold your money for, you know, some states hold your money for a while and, you know, it feels kind of crappy because they're like holding, you know, kind of a lot of money before they finally return it to you. And if you don't draw and it's not a perfect system by any means, but. But it does work. We're hunting. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's better than not. So <laughs> what about turkey season? When's yeah. that? Turkey season, spring. Yeah. Spring. We saw some turkeys the other day. Oh, yeah. It's our first American turkeys we've seen. <laughs> they're, they're wild. They were just, they were just goblins <laughs> yeah, in the awesome. snow. Yeah, yeah, uh, springtime. So I, I used to hunt turkeys a ton, like a, a whole lot, um, but uh, don't don't hunt them that much anymore. But I love hunting them. I I like bow hunting them, and yeah, they're it's kind of like elk hunting in the sense that you're calling to them and like locating them, and then setting up and trying to call them the rest of the way. You know, and, do, you, do, uh, do you need a tag to do that? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And how many can you on average go and hunt? depends on where you live okay. so like some states it's one and then there's states where you can like shoot one a day okay yeah the oh. turkey recovery story is it doesn't get talked about that much compared to the bigger species right but it's it's incredible how few they were and how they brought them back yeah exactly total conservation like win yeah yeah it was wild yeah they they were almost out and yeah, brought it back. It's an amazing story. We actually were having that conversation in the office the other day about like somebody needs to tell that story, you know? <laughs> yeah, because guys. this is maybe not, you know, it's maybe not as majestic <laughs> or glamorous as, <laughs> yeah, or glamorous as a bison, but, but they're it's funny. A cool story. They're funny creatures. Well, they're uh, super funny yeah. creatures. <laughs> I was reading something about it. This was quite a while ago. And they were saying that in the early days when they were trying, they, they realized they had a problem. They realized they needed to try and do something to fix the decline of turkeys is they were they were breeding them and releasing them. Yeah. But they were breeding them from um, birds that obviously had been in enclosures. 
it just didn't work because it, didn't, right. it just didn't survive. And right. it's just very similar with the, the story with the, the pheasants and, and other birds. Well, obviously, pheasants aren't native here, but uh, your other like grouse species in terms of recovery, it just didn't work. So and then they realized that what they actually needed to do was they caught up wild birds to get them to breed, breed. artificially, but at least they were wild to start with yep. and then work on the habitat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But they yeah. just didn't have the built-in... The built-in know-how with these birds had obviously been in the back of a farmyard for you know generations, and it was just kind of bred out of them. They needed the the genetics of the wild birds that still existed to be able to save the species. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's exactly it's a natural. You know, you 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 take like a Thanksgiving turkey and we eat. It's like this big hunking fat thing, <laughs> yeah. and then you go you know pluck a wild turkey and it looks like a little marathon runner. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's just because their life is spent you know trying not to die, being you know right. Just you know in the natural world, it's a totally different it's life. Tough. Yeah, it's super tough. It's super tough. But yeah, it's funny. They they are goofy looking. It's like a lizard, you know, had sex with a bird or something. <laughs> like you know, it's like this like dinosaur. They're pretty bird. ugly. Yeah, they're uh, goofy. And they're, they're, the noise they make is just... oh, it's bizarre. Yeah, the little and the little, you know, it's called a snood. Yeah, <laughs> <The> little <laughs> flopping around. Yeah. On the front. <laughs> and then it sticks at it. So they're goofy critters, man. They're... Whenever I've heard people talk about having a really good turkey hunt, it's it's made me feel like I just got to go and experience it. Oh. And yet, if, you say, had if, if you say to home, somebody who maybe doesn't know anything or has never heard a story about turkey hunting, you say, oh, I'm going to go and hunt some turkeys. So you'd be like, what? Yeah. Why, why the hell would you want to go and hunt turkeys? But from what I've read and what, what I hear, it is a proper, skillful, enthralling hunt. Oh, it can be just a total kick. I mean, because you're setting up on them, you're in the dark, so you feel like you know, ninja, you know, and you you hear them, you know, up in the, you know, roosting and you kind of get down below them and then you're like hoping like, oh, can we call them down? And then if you do and they, they kind of send it, you know, and land right in front of you, you're like, oh my God, and it starts. And if they do that, it's like, well, they're going to come into your decoy. And when they start charging in, I mean, it's just like seeing something. I mean, they come in, you know, usually Char- pretty pissed. Yeah. Oh yeah. They come in. It's like, dun, dun, I've dun, seen so the guys behind the decoys, like, like the moving, it, moving it forward and then, and then, you know, drawing the bow behind it. And then, That's the <laughs> over coolest. the top. <laughs> yeah. turkey's like, breaks on yep. as you see someone. Yeah. And they come in, they, they're, they're ornery, man. They come in and fight, you know, they just start destroying your decoy. Oh yeah. They just, you know, flying up and just, just beating the heck out of it. And, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty fun. But yeah, the guys that are you know crawling up on them, you know, with a decoy, and yeah. it's there's some wild videos out there on that. Do you have um? Do you have a hunt that you like to do every year and you don't like to miss? Is there a certain hunt that's just under your skin that you just have to do every year? Yeah, I'd say. I mean, hunting elk, bow hunting elk is to me. You that's know, where it's at. Yeah, it's it's just nothing else really like you know it's hard to explain if you haven't done it but just you know being in the dark timber and hearing something scream at you like i mean just the sound you know it goes right through you yeah you know of a bugle it's just like if you didn't know you'd be like is that oh is so, that a freaking so, dinosaur so I mean, he's coming to get me. yeah what is that i mean it's a craziest sound you know and we take it for granted i think sometimes but it's a crazy sound and how how crazy and just they get nuts and such a big critter and beautiful you know, something that can sometimes be that silent and just slip in on you, but it's that big, you know? And yeah, I, I think they're just the most, uh, the most fun thing to, to hunt. And I love the, 
kind of the contest, you know, you kind of have with them and trying to figure them out. You know, this bull I called in, um, we didn't show the whole hunt unfold, but this bull, you know, I called in this year, um, it was in my socks, you know, and I, I, for stealth. Yeah. Yeah. I took my boots off and I was just, you know, Brett had tagged out, you know, and so I just went out by myself and, and, you know, just kind of slipping along this ridgeline. I heard a, I heard a, a branch break, you know, and just kind of froze and it was on, you know, it was on a, a, you know, a slope where I thought, you know, he might've gone up to bed. And so I just gave him a really soft cow call and he just exploded. And just that feeling of like, oh my God, it's happening. You know, that branch was an L, you know, you don't get that with uh, a lot of other, I mean, you, you do, you know, red stag can be that way and, you know, turkeys even sometimes, but yeah. So he just, he comes in and then we had this just kind of cat and mouse thing where he came in and, you know, he was at one time, he was like at 15 yards in front of me, just staring like, right at like he could see he kind of caught me and he could just see me but he didn't know what I was and he was right in front of me and I'm at full draw and he's just staring at me quartering two and I couldn't do anything about it and you're you're that close and then he turns and walks off behind and I let down and then he comes back up pissed off and then I couldn't get a shot and then he walks off and then eventually he leaves and I'm like oh my god and that's bow hunting you just couldn't get a shot it was right in front of me for five minutes and then I get a little soft call and he comes back again Ah, just pissed, you know, and just that, that cat and mouse, you know, game with them. And eventually I was like, okay, I got to move. And so I thought, man, if I could call him up through this little channel, it'd be perfect if I could, you know, and I, I started walking backwards in my socks, gave a little cow call and he gets super pissed, comes back and he turns and sure enough, he comes right into that little opening. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to happen. And no matter how long I've been bow hunting, I'm still just like, every time it happens, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to happen because so much it's has almost, to go right. Yeah, almost disbelief. Yeah, it just, it'll never, I think if it ever stops feeling like that, I won't, you know, I won't want to keep doing it. But yeah, he just came right through and, you know, it was awesome. Yeah, I'm. Pic- I'm actually been picturing this in my head the whole time. <laughs> I'm pausing now yeah, because yeah. I'm building this picture in my head of this yeah. of this hunt that you're on. Yeah, so and some they are it, an incredible animal. Oh, they're they're incredible. And so that film we made, you know, it's only six minutes, so we had to go super fast. But I'm considering like putting out more stuff from that season. And that would be really, you know, good. yeah, we're getting a lot of requests to to you know to do more. So more content, more content. Feed the beast. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, it's been awesome to speak to you yeah. and uh, hear some of your stories and your journey and what Sitka are up to now. Uh, and it's yeah, it's been a, a pleasure to have a conversation yeah. today. So yeah. Thanks for letting us uh, record here. Oh, yeah. heck yeah. In the, in, in, in the belly of the beast. <laughs> yeah. In Sitka, Sitka, Sitka HQ. HQ. Yeah. You got it. No, I, I super appreciate you guys. I'm a fan of your work. It was awesome to meet you guys, you know, over in your turf last year and Glad you guys are here in Montana. So thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I'll show you around the rest of the building before we uh, roll. That'd be great. Yeah, thanks, Awesome. Brad. Thanks. Thanks, guys. And that's it for another two weeks. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, I actually can't believe how many new listeners that have joined the show in just the last two weeks. We've had some awesome reviews uh, over the last uh, week. Uh, I've got a really cool program now which makes it much easier for me to see the reviews from around the world uh, before it was a real pain uh, because you only get to see what reviews are in your current location Uh, but now I can see them all so thank you to the people that have left reviews from um, Australia and the USA in the last week Uh, don't forget to enter the competition which we mentioned at the start which is to win a copy of volume three modern huntsman modern huntsman being the supporter of this podcast 
uh, and we enjoy a really great and close relationship with those guys involved in publications as well. The sound that you have to identify is at the beginning of the show. Contact us somehow via social, via email, uh, and tell us what that sound is, and a winner will be picked at random from the correct answers in two weeks' time. I was staring at a box right now, and it has more of the seasoning in it, and uh, I have more to go on the shop, but I'm not going to put it in stock as of yet because there'll be no one to send it out in the next week. Uh, but we also have the refill packs. Uh, they're coming out imminently, but I'm waiting for the stickers to arrive. I can't, I can't sell them without the stickers uh, because it's got all the weights and everything in it. So uh, they're coming imminently as well. So if you have been waiting, waiting for se- more seasoning, then it is, it is coming. But all of this awesome information can be found, like Byron said, on our website, which is all the W's, thepacebrothers.com. And we will catch you again in two weeks' time. 